What is up, you guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Sunset Drive. I am Anthony Smith, and on this side of the internet, I like to have old and new friends from the entertainment industry. Come on, share some stories, share some laughs, have a good time. So if that sounds like a sweet time to you, then you might want to keep listening. <laughs> um, so today we have on the show the incomparable B.B. Wood. She's an actress, voice actor, proud plant mom, and singer-songwriter known from her role on New Normal, and as Shannon on The Real O'Neills, this time around, she went from geek to chic as Lake in Love, Victor. Everyone, welcome to the show, B.B. Wood. Hi, what an intro. Hi. Thank you for that. <laughs> Of course, you know I, I always try to like put a fun spin on them, and uh, I just like saw your your IMDb and you play like such like geeky nerdier roles, and then mm-hmm. like, you have Lake, and then she's like, oh, like full one eighty. Listen, that's what happens when you take the glasses off in Hollywood. Yes, absolutely. So I felt like the <laughs> geek to chic was very fitting. You know what I mean? <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. Of course. Okay. First things first. Mental health checkup. How are we feeling? We discussed Ooh. the heat wave. Uh-huh. What's up with you? Um, I feel good. I feel mm-hmm. like um, I feel like I am a very sensitive person, and and okay. the last year has been like a lot. I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. I'm very independent. I spent the entire pandemic primarily alone. Um, so I was by myself in the countryside for about like eight months, like entirely by myself. I thankfully had my mom and my dad, but they both were able to work through the pandemic. And so Mm. I had like limited time with even my parents. So I was very much sort of just like by myself doing my thing. It was like so heartbreaking, um, to just like be by yourself and then, like only have the news to watch and I I don't like turning my cheek so even if it's upsetting like I will watch it anyway um uh-huh. and so you know my big thing throughout the pandemic was like looking forward to the day I was going to be able to dance um I swing dance I lindy hop so um I, I've Boy, always like so loved cool. jazz. Jazz is like the best music to dance to, I think, and and that was like love. a big part of my my life before was just like Lindy hopping, live music, live jazz, the best. So that was something mm. I'm very much, or I was very much looking forward to, like throughout the height of the pandemic. And my mom said something during the pandemic that was like, you know, listen, like I get you're like exhausted now, and it's just like heartbreaking in every way. But soon enough, you're going to be in a room full of dancing people and you're going to have that moment where you are with people again and and you're like so relieved and happy that you're finally able to dance. Mm -hmm. But you're going to be like, whoa, like what did we just go through all for this moment? You know what I mean? Uh So, uh um, you know, even even in the future, because obviously like thank God for Joe Biden and like the, the, the light that he has provided um, Mm and just in terms of, of COVID care in, Mm -hmm. in the United States. But, um, but even still, like, I think years from now when the pandemic is just like long gone, 
um, you're like there's still gonna be a, a sort of leftover um, feeling from this time, I think. Um, and, oh, and sure. everything will be like more joyful for it, but everything will also be a little bit more melancholy, I feel like. And, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I hope that people, I don't know, think about what they should be grateful for now more than ever. But yeah, I don't know. I think I'm fine. I just like, you know, again, only child. I just, I spend a lot of time by myself. So I just have like a lot of time to like ask myself questions that, um, a lot of the time I'm like, oh, there's no answer to this question. So mm-hmm. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, <laughs> we're s- slowly getting back to normal. I don't have as deep. Like I was listening to you talk and I was like, oh, my God, is this like therapy on a Monday? Like I really <laughs> loved it. Enjoyed it. <laughs> I loved Listen, it. Every day um, is therapy. Of course, of course, and therapy is important, but I'm doing great, you know, life is getting back to normal here, it's mm-hmm. extremely hot, mm-hmm. I'm eager to travel again, mm-hmm. um, I haven't seen my friends, like, in LA and Vancouver in, like, mm. two years, so, like, I'm eager to, like, get out there, mm-hmm. see the people, give hugs, so, definitely. Yeah. that's okay. dreamy. Oh, yeah, and to, like, lust over that, please, like, mm. yes. Okay, so let's unpack. Like, there's a lot to unpack with you because, like, a lot is happening. You know, you've been booked and busy the past. Even though you've been inside, you know, things have been happening yeah. for sure. Things have been happening. Um, things have been happening. First things first, Love, Victor, season two. Binged it yes. all in one night. Ooh. I'm not sure if that's healthy, but <laughs> I did. Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? Exactly. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. You're welcome. Um, thank you. And now I'm obsessed with your character and, like, I, I'm not even saying this because I'm interviewing you. Literally, you can go through my text messages, and I was just like, oh, my God, Lake, I stand. I stand. <laughs> like, I live for it. Um, I want to know, how did you get the part? Let's, I always start there, and then we build. Okay. How did you get okay, the part? Great. Um, so I was actually in the studio um, recording uh, some songs, um, one of which just came out a few days ago, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when you're in that environment, you were very much in that environment it's it's like acting in that you know you're working sometimes for like 12 to like 16 hours a day um Mm -hmm. and so you don't really have a lot of free time when you're you know acting also in the studio so yeah i was in the studio i was really just like focused on getting these songs like finished ready to go and Mm -hmm. i got an email that was like you know untitled love simon project like want to audition for it mm-hmm. and I've gotten like so many auditions that week I was like you know what I just like can't do this I literally have no time mm-hmm. but I I looked at that one specifically and I was like maybe I can make some time because mm-hmm. because that looks really kind of fun I was a big fan of like Becky Albertalli who wrote the book mm-hmm. um yes and so so I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to I'm going to tape for this. Like I really want to tape for this. So put together a tape. Um sent it in and then I finished the batch of songs. Um and I flew back to the East Coast and I got an email that was like, "Hey, do you want to tape for this again?" And I was like, "Sure." And yes. they gave me some more sides, and I sent an audition tape in. And then a couple of days later, I think I got a call from Isaac Aptaker, um, one of our creators. And he was like, listen, like, you want to be late? Love you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> and the rest is history. The rest yeah, is history. And here we are. Here we are together. See how life works out. That's fun. Um, now, season one, I would talk about season one, but I'm just like gagged about season two. So I want to get into the nitty gritty. <laughs> okay. Um, if, if people at home haven't, haven't watched the show yet, this mm-hmm. is the time that you pause. Okay. <laughs> you go to Disney Plus or you go to Hulu. You watch. You come back. We'll be here. We'll be here. And then we can talk about it. Yeah. And then we can talk about it. Yeah. So I want to like, there's just so what I love so much about this show is that it tackles so many issues that aren't black and white. You know how mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. like you watch TV shows and you're like so easy to side with characters because mm-hmm. like the way it's written makes you side with that character like so clearly. Mm-hmm. But with sure. Love, Victor, it tackles a lot of issues where people it's up for debate a little bit on what mm-hmm. the you know, the mm-hmm. the what the characters have done and kind of their plot line. So I want to get into one of the biggest black and white situations of season two. And okay. we'll discuss, not as a character, like, as people from an outside standpoint, those are fictional okay. characters. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll kiki it out and see what we're feeling. Yes, kiki! Yeah, yes! <laughs> okay, so first one, first one, my favorite black and white situation from La Victor Season 2. Mm-hmm. Lake is put in a very difficult position in Season 2. Uh, Felix, is. yes, she is. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And Felix, you know, his mom is kind of going through the ringer. She's not in a, a right headspace to take care of her teenage son. Mm-hmm. And Lake tries to be the most understanding of that. And she tries to make the best out of the situation. Mm-hmm. But she's put in a very uncomfy situation. And um, she decides to, when her boyfriend tells her, don't tell anybody about this. She sees that her boyfriend is clearly in a toxic environment and just needs to find help somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was my only ick with it. I didn't understand why nobody was siding with her. I was just like, I would have done the same thing. Let's talk it out. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, I I felt that the entire time, which I think helped me. I guess I am talking a little mm-hmm. bit about the character, but... Um, this will, I will divulge my personal opinion as well through this story. But when we were filming, I was like, what's the tea? Like, (laughs) like, like Mia isn't helping. Like, I felt like I, as a performer, was like the only person who was being a sort of advocate for Lake, which I think then really, really helped, um, the performance because I think part of Lake's like tragedy and like sadness experience throughout season two is that I think mm-hmm. she probably feels super alone. Um, oh, yeah. because even, even Mia was like, I think you kind of didn't do the right thing. And, and she did not pass the vibe check. She did not. No. I'm sorry. And, and, and Lake was like, I literally don't know what to do. And I think <laughs> the big thing for me is, you know, we're all in like, our early 20s, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's it's hard sometimes to remember that we're playing 16-year-olds. Yes, yes. Like, what else is a minor going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 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 she has no resources besides her parents. Yeah, that's um, true. And, and so, so, even from just, like, an emotional standpoint, like, talking about something that has clearly made you uncomfortable with your parents should not mm-hmm. be like disallowed taboo mm-hmm. anything right right and so right. 
obviously she loves Felix so much because he's like such a catch and like adorable and they're yeah. each other's first loves. Yeah. But he totally put her in like a terrible position because she wants to, you know, do the right thing for her boyfriend. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. he's telling her, listen, like, don't do anything. So she wants to like appease that, you know, that want. But yeah. but she's like, oh, oh, my moral compass is like telling me to, you know, like go the other way here. And ultimately, yeah, yeah. you know, it all worked out. Um, but yeah, Did when it? I read when I read. I mean, listen, I personally think it did work out because, you know, I think Lake has a lot of exploring to do. Yes, and we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. she has lots of exploring to do. Um, So I personally think, yeah, I I think it did work out. And, you know, she, you know, I mean, there's that great scene. Actually, it's, I think, maybe one of my favorite scenes in the show when Betsy Brandt and Anthony Trapel are at mm-hmm. the dining table. Um, I think maybe in like the second to last episode or the last episode. And she's okay. like, um, why did you, why did you and, and Lake break up? And he's like, yeah. she betrayed my trust. And Betsy has this great little monologue about how, you know, yes. no matter what, what happens with the two of us, she will like forever be grateful to Lake and, and, in her bravery and what she did. And I was yeah. so happy that they had that moment because, you know, I wouldn't ever want young women watching the show to be like, Oh, this is what's going to happen to me. If I like, don't Speak do up. what you know, exactly. exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, no, I think so I'm glad they so had true. that in there. Oh yeah. That scene definitely like the mom, I was like an iffy about her in this, in, mm-hmm. in the beginning. And then like when mm-hmm. she had that moment, I was like, See, she's the mom. In that moment, mm-hmm, she finally mm-hmm. took on the role of the mom and, like, the voice of reason of kind of Absolutely. being, like, you might have been hurt in the moment, but just know that, like, we'll be grateful to her in the long run. Yeah. You. What would you have done as um, yourself? I mean, listen, I've never had a boyfriend, so I actually don't know anything about <laughs> um, about what it is to be in a relationship. I don't necessarily, mm-hmm. like, get on with, like, straight men um so i feel the same way (laughs) i've i've never had i've never had a boyfriend um you know there's some straight men that i just love but but Mm -hmm. i have problems with many um so i mean i don't know but i i would probably i would probably do the same thing or or something similar like you know yeah i mean even though i'm not like living at home I would mm-hmm. totally tell my mom. Like, I tell my mom everything. It's yeah. an uncomfortable position. I, I, I probably would have done the exact same thing as, as Lake. Because True. the thing about Felix, and it's a great quality, he, he, he really feels like he knows what is right. You know, he, he is confident right. in, him, in his beliefs. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, an admirable thing. But, you know, he's stubborn. So, so um, even uh-huh. if you were to try to get through to him... Um, he's know, very closed off. I don't think he doesn't know what's actually best for him. Mm. I feel that very strong. I think the only thing I would have personally done different is I would have sure. told him that I was going to tell my mom. I would have been like, yeah. you're putting me in a very uncomfortable position and I need to talk to someone about it because yeah. I can't like manage all these thoughts mm-hmm. in my head. So I'm going to tell my mom. And even if he's pissed, I would have been like, I told you I was going to tell her. So, hey, 
You know what that's I mean? That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I agree with that. I wonder actually, like, what that conversation would be between Lake and Felix if she actually did say that because I don't know. Like, I have no idea actually what would happen if they had that conversation. I think Felix would probably, like, I don't know. I don't know. And he'd be really upset, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I think the outcome wouldn't have been different, but I think there just would have been less surprise in his mom coming home and being like, sure. this woman came up to me and like, what yeah. did you say? Like, all the yeah. things. So, all right, well, we tackled that. That's our grain of salt on that topic. Let's move on <laughs> to the other hot topic of season two. So, um, Venji and Raheem, <laughs> it is like, it's, it's, it's the whole thing right now yeah. on Twitter. People are torn. Are you team Benji? Are you team Raheem? Mm -hmm. What is going to happen? Season three announcement can't come any sooner. <laughs> what is your take on it? What is your take on it? I'm curious. It's fascinating. I mean, the other day I spoke a little bit on my Instagram story just about how I'm like, y'all, oh. like, I get that you are passionate about this, but mm -hmm. like, be nice to each other. Like, I've seen oh, some yeah. comments where people are like, really like at each other's throats. And I'm like, why? They're just getting like you know very very passionate about about okay. their their teams. You know, I mean, I guess it's the okay. competitive nature of of teams. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 like kind of crazy to see that people are like sort of attacking each other online over these like fictional relationships. Men, yeah, um, <laughs> which is just fascinating. Um, so honestly, I don't know if I necessarily have an opinion. The one thing that okay. I've said um, before, and mm -hmm. I will say again, is mm -hmm. Victor needs more friends and relationships with fellow first and second generation Americans. Ooh, that's a hot take. Never heard that one before. That's my take on it. I mean, I am uh -huh. the granddaughter of Cuban immigrants. I'm second mm. gen American. Mm -hmm. And like my life, my personal like well-being has greatly improved um, after, you know, becoming really close friends with fellow first and second generation Americans, specifically, right. you know, the the grandchildren and um you know, children of Latino, Latinx, you know, immigrants, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. because we are able to talk about so much that is so mm. healing that I really cannot talk about with friends who who don't have that sort of first or second gen background. Right. Right. And so I love that Victor has Rahim because they are able to relate to each other on an entirely different level that I think mm -hmm. is not just helpful to Victor's mental health, but to mm -hmm. Rahim's as well. Okay, so you're team Rahim and for that reason, I think? But, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, Can I play the, the devil's advocate? Is... Yeah, yeah, okay, go, go ahead. ahead. Play. play, play, play. Okay, okay. I watched the show, and they're, like, okay. you know, in All in One Night, so that was a, ho a whole lot to process in mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the span of a couple of hours. Um, I am Team Benji, and here's my reasoning why. Tell me. Tell I think, all. I think there's something so sweet about the guy that kind of, like, 
pushes you over the edge to get out of the closet and be like, I feel mm-hmm. so strongly about you that I cannot remain in fear of what would happen if I go out and I come out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a, there's a sweetness in that. But I do think um, Raheem, what I liked so much about his character was because he was kind of the same stages of coming out as Victor, you know, mm-hmm. just came out not white, not as privileged, not mm-hmm. at very religious parents. Mm-hmm. I think they found solace in one another. And I thought that mm-hmm. was sweet. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, I would want that in a friend also going through the same thing. I think that's something very... Um, there's something very sweet about it that you can kind of rely on one another and be like, okay, I did this with my mom. Like I just came out to this person and it's kind of like, Mm -hmm. there's a sweetness in it. Mm -hmm. I think Benji has been through that hurdle has been on top of it. I think he just wants to get to a point where Victor is so out that he can enjoy his boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And I think because he's been out earlier than Victor, I think there's this kind of like toxicity where Victor needs to go through his own way of coming out and Benji needs to leave him and kind of let him go through that sure so i would have i would have loved for raheem to just like stay friends with victor so he can have that mm-hmm. friend to lean on sure. but then i also think at the end of the day victor lusts for and has love for benji a little more than yeah. i think he does for raheem and yeah. my other thing is like go ahead please go ahead oh no no all i was going to say is i love benji like benji is yeah. like one of my personal favorite characters i mm-hmm. also just love george so much he is like one of like my my closest chums like he and Aww. i are just like so similar in so many ways we just have too much fun um, we did an Instagram live the other day that was absolutely ridiculous in every way. I'm, I'm shocked that so many people stayed tuned for so long because we were truthfully just messing around like hardcore. Um, uh-huh. but I totally see that. And I, and mm-hmm. I love Venji. Um, mm-hmm. and I, and I love, you know, what is it? Vahim? Is that the ship name? I couldn't find the official, but Vahim sounds a little off. So just say I just say, I I don't know. I think it is Vahim, which is just interesting. (laughs) But anyway, right? um, I mean, my ship name with with Felix is Flake. So like, you know, ship names in general, Mm -hmm. you know, they can they can be all sorts of interesting. Um, Yeah. But, um, you know, and, and that's why I think I don't I truthfully don't know if I have an opinion on if I am either team because, mm. um, you know, I express all of that about, like, Victor and, and Rahim because I think that's something that a lot of people aren't taking into consideration. And that's right, right, what right, right. I love about their relationship. I don't mm-hmm. know who is better, you know, for Victor. Honestly, maybe Victor just needs to, like, be, like, a s- single little, you know, like, <laughs> sweetie and just sort of, like, figure things out like maybe that's the move i don't know uh-huh. <laughs> i feel the exact same way but i said this i was about to say it on twitter but i didn't want to get attacked when i saw the show <laughs> i was just like if if victor kisses another guy and then both guys run away and the whole thing is like who is he knocking on the door i would be livid if like my partner kissed another guy and then mm-hmm went to his house instead of like ending things with me for you know what i mean like oh absolutely my brain cannot compute yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so that's our hot take on that subject hot not black or white hot take complicated like i said there's no right or wrong you know 
yeah. answer to that, mm-hmm. I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Well, it's not a real question. It's a topic. At the end of the last episode of season two, I was very much living. The writer said, I'm coming for all y'all's necks. I was not expecting it. Um, Your character might be exploring in a potential next season, which is good because Mm -hmm. Felix is out pilar. Like he's he's living his life. Mm hmm. How did you feel opening up the script during that table read and being like, Whoop. Also, just like, <laughs> yes, pronunciation. I love that. You were like, <laughs> like, we love, we love. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, Thank you. But, um, oh, I was, I was so happy. But, but I think here's the problem. And I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever said this. I was like okay. begging. I was begging. Throughout mm. the entirety of season two, I was like begging the writers to put that in. I was like, please, please, please. She was All, an advocate, yes. Yes, I, I just really felt like, I mean, Lake has been saying like really, really telling things mm-hmm. from season one. Like, throughout season one, I don't know if you remember, but she like literally says to me, well, I'll definitely sleep with you if Victor doesn't. Yes, and it's like, is that humor, girl, or is that a little Is that truth humor, in there? or is it? And you know what they say? Like all all humor, there's something truthful behind it, and that's yep. that's that's how I feel. And so mm-hmm. throughout season two, I was like, please, 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 and <laughs> um, and hey, we got like a little like a little taste of of something, and. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm friends with Ava in real life. And we were actually friends before we we started working together on Love, Victor. We we had met each other at one of our mutual friends houses. He throws like the best parties ever. So we were both at um, his his house and we met. And um, and so we knew each other. Actually, I think we met. During the filming of season one. And so we'd like seen each other around and been friendly. Right, right, right. And so, so it was really fun. And I was actually hoping, I actually, so I texted um, Isaac Aptaker when I first heard about the character Lucy. I mm-hmm, said, mm-hmm. I know the perfect actor for this role. And I texted Isaac Aptaker and I said, have you seen Ava Capri for Lucy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I think I think she needs to play Lucy, and he was right. like, "I kid you not, she's our first choice right now." <gasps> we love a friend of the like, business. I was like, "Stop it!" We love. <laughs> I totally like. I just read their minds. Like I knew they had to see. I knew they had to see Ava for it. So, and mm-hmm. they were already seeing her. Like she was already auditioning, which I love. Um, and so yeah, I'm just like so happy that Ava is Lucy. Um, she's just the best. I have so much fun with her. And I really hope that, you know, if we get a season three, um, I hope that, I hope that that's one of the stories. I really do. Because I, I truthfully, no matter what happens again, cause I'm, I'm not a writer of mm-hmm. Love, Victor. So mm-hmm. I have no idea what they're actually going to end up doing, but, mm-hmm. um, I just really hope it involves Lucy and Lake because I feel like that's. No matter what happens, I feel like Lake is queer, to be honest. 
But honestly, she's better off that way, I think. Yeah. You know, it gives her even more layers. Not that she, she like she I have this thing with TV shows and cartoon characters and whatever when mm-hmm. people try to make them queer on Twitter and I'm just kind of like we're not a plot twist either. Yeah. But some <laughs> characters it makes sense. You know yeah. what I mean? Like some characters yeah. you're just like Yes, absolutely. Other characters, I'm just like, you're pushing it a little bit. Like, reel it in a little bit, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Not everybody needs to be. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, but love that. Love your take on it. Um, I definitely think it's going to be a big part of season three if they tease it that way. Because, like, I, the credits started rolling, and I was like, but wait, 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 wait. I'm not done with whatever's happening over here. When's the date? She had champagne or whatever. I I desperately want to know how the champagne date. I want to know how that goes. I want to know Champagne how that problems. goes. I do, exactly. too. I do, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's move on to the other one, because I feel like we could literally talk about this, like, the entire time, and I would be okay with yeah. it, to be quite honest. <laughs> um, now, you guys filmed season two a while ago. When did you guys film uh, the second season? During the pen- pandemic? During the pandemic. We started shooting in October slash early November, and oh, wow. we finished shooting in... March. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. kind of a long, long filming time, kind of. Long filming time. Long filming yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, You know, the, the COVID drama of it all, like, you know, every show that is or had been filming during, like, the height of the pandemic had to shut down. Like, there was a couple, like, false positives and stuff, like, on, um. on set. And so, you know, when you're getting tested, like, every day, mm-hmm. um you're bound to have like false positives just because like, you know, science is not there yet or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. 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 But, um, so we had to like shut down for a little bit and just make sure that everyone was like healthy and whatever. So, Mm -hmm. so it did take, it did take long, um, longer than normal, but, Mm -hmm. um, it was sort of a fascinating experience. I mean, I, I've been doing this for so long that, it was it was sort of nice to relearn everything that I I right. thought I knew, you know, mm-hmm. and you really did have to like relearn it, um, because you know, if, let's say you're doing an emotional scene, right? Usually, you could just like slip away and go make yourself sad in the soundstage. Mm-hmm. You know, there's yeah, all of these space. like little nooks and crannies yeah. in 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 a soundstage. It's also like pitch dark in there, so. You can mm-hmm. just, like, slip away from your cast chairs, go make yourself sad, and then, like, come back mm-hmm. and do the scene. But you couldn't do that because of the pandemic. You had to stay in your cast chair with your mask on, with your shield up. And mm. if you if you wanted to do anything, if you wanted, like, a drink of water, if you wanted to go get a snack, like, you had to be escorted by a production assistant. Um, you couldn't go anywhere oh. by yourself. Oh, I truly sucks, felt kind of. I, I truly felt like the heroine of, like, a Jane Austen novel. Like, these bitches are out here, like, you know, chaperoned at all hours of the day. Like, standing, like, six, seven feet apart from their, like, uh-huh. you know, suitors. Like, that's exactly how I felt. I was like, I am in a Jane Austen novel right now. This is life. I That comparison was the best thing I've ever heard <laughs> all month. And honestly, I will be using that for the future. Honestly. Please. Do of it. course, of course. Now I want to know. This is a question I always ask because I feel like whenever I do these episodes, these episodes on these shows, a lot of people are like, mm-hmm. "I want to know like the vibe of like the behind the scenes of the mm-hmm. cast members or whatever." And I think you can tell a lot about the the vibe of a cast with 
at what place we hang out at or what restaurant mm. we go at because mm. then you can like i'm a big friends fan i know it's problematic for uh-huh. some reasons but i'm mm-hmm. a big big fan of friends and you know okay. they all have their essential perks so you can kind of imagine sure. yourself there mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. let's say we're filming love victor i'm the new cast member where are we going what's the vibe Ooh, okay, so this is, like, a really good question. I'm going to try and, like, think back to, like, pre-pandemic because yeah. because I, I that's hard. I honestly can't even remember. <laughs> but, I okay, so, so Rachel, who plays Mia, has, like, a mm-hmm. really cute house. And so oh. she is, like, an amazing cook. She makes, like, the best tacos you will ever consume. Like, the best. So, go to Rachel's, maybe have some tacos. She has, like, Mm -hmm. a beautiful backyard space, like, gorgeous views. So, like, sit out there maybe, talk, you know, Mm -hmm. just, like, converse a little bit, eat some food. Um, Mason is, like, really into film and, like, you know, movies and things. So he's always like, let's watch a movie. So um, I've heard that. We have common friends, and that's what I keep hearing about. um, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, so watching like a movie at like Mason's place. um, Mm -hmm. And then there's a couple of like coffee shops that I like. You know, there's a few hole in the wall coffee shops that honestly I feel like I can't even divulge because. You know, she doesn't want to spill the tea. Here, people can't be out here stealing my spot. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. I but respect it. It's very cool. And I feel like if you are like an LA like native, you probably know what I'm talking about. But there's like a very cute place. It's on a corner. Um, okay. It's next to like a magazine slash like news store. And there is a pool table and there's an entire room inside of it that is like nighttime perpetually. So there's like stars twinkling and there's like trees inside. It's very fun. It's gorgeous. Can you DM it to me right after? I will. I will. I will. I will. I will. Because I'm just like, okay. (laughs) It is so good. And I like none of the cast had ever been there before. So I would take them there all the time. And we'd play pool, get some coffee, so much fun. Cute. And then I feel like I have a pretty cute place, and I I have like a projector screen, so like Love. cookouts and like movies and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But on set, um, I don't even know how this started. Um, I saw the Queen's Gambit, and one of our cast members, he plays Kieran. He's on the basketball team. His name's Charlie. Okay. Um, he watched the Queen's Gambit and then Michael watched the Queen's Gambit. And so all of us started having chess tournaments. Um, so in between, in between, yeah. So during season two, we would have, we would have like chess tournaments and, and that would be like when we had like a lot of people on set. So like those big hallway scenes when like Victor's Mm. like coming out to the whole school, that was the day that we had the first chess tournament was during that scene actually. So now, who's the winner? Who's, like, the all-time champ? Uh, Charlie is very good. Charlie okay. Charlie and Michael are are, are sort of... Um, the ones George is actually... George is very good, too. Um, mm. Actually, I take that back. George, George and Charlie, probably. Because okay. Michael, Michael's, like, a very... 
he he he's like an offensive player, so he like goes for your pieces. I think without sometimes like thinking about it fully, so then you can be like, Boop, you know. Yeah, yeah, like rob his his pawns, and then it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, cute, cute, cute. I mean, would have never thought of chess. I mean, love much more intellectual than my time spent playing Mario Kart, but I listen, respect it. Listen, you know? they they were big on, and they made me get this actually. What's the game with the imposters? It's like Mafia? the iPhone game. No, it's the like the one with like the cute little like. You go among around, us. Like, the space. Yeah, Among Us. Among, among Us. us. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so they were big on Among Us as well, and so we'd play that as well. Among Us it was honestly like, like uh, I don't know, a, a, a beam of light during the pandemic. Because <laughs> it was kind of like you got to play Mafia, but like mm-hmm. online, like these cute characters. Love it the most. Now let's Love. let's let's stray away from love victor because you have way more than love victor under your belt you've okay. done a lot of projects you, mm. you you've discovered your love for acting i read when you went to london with your family mm-hmm. on vacation yeah and since then you've been stacking them booking the <laughs> projects here left and right multi-cam single cam animation everything in between how does Love Victor like stand apart from all those projects professionally of kind of being like this project was totally different than anything I've ever mm-hmm. done before? Well, I mean, you know, we've been doing Love Victor for the past couple years, you know, in terms of mm-hmm. like filming. I mean, we filmed season 1 like a full year before it ever came out. So, right. um you know, back in like 2019 we were we were filming and and it was my first job as Mm -hmm. an adult i'm about to turn 20 um so it was like thanks of course um it was like my first job as an actual like legal adult Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and that um you know it's sort of boring it's like the technical side of it all but that was like a huge shift because your hours change. So when mm-hmm. you are, you know, under 18, you can only work like 10 hours a day. Right. Um, only. <laughs> um, you can only work 10 <laughs> hours a day when you're under 18. Um, right. And then when you're over 18, you basically can work like uh, like, a, a, like 18 hours, 20 hours. You get paid overtime. But, right, right. but you know, you can work like a, a really long time. And so right. that was, like, the biggest adjustment that I feel, like, sets everything else apart just from, like, a pure, like, technical standpoint. That was, yeah, like, yeah. whoa, like, this is, this is like, my time. And, and I think when, when you get to that point, you can really sort of assess, like, is this what I want to do? And, and, mm-hmm. and absolutely. Like, I just, I love acting. I love it so much. And, and I think when you, when you get to that point, you are able to, like, take a second and be like, okay, I've been doing this for 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've been a kid. And I've loved doing it. Now yeah. things are going to get serious. And and yeah. I can I, I have this opportunity now to like really assess if this is what I want to do. And, you know, right. luckily I was like, absolutely. But um, but that was like a big thing. And also, like, you know, I, I've never played a character like Lake before. Like you said, um, I was always playing, you know, like the sister or or something along that or the child. Mm-hmm. Um, in in my past project, and so this was I did a, a, a like an independent film a couple of years ago that was like a little bit of a taste into what it is to be in like a, a teen dramedy. 
Um, okay. But I think this was like the first time, like, when it's interesting when you add like sexuality in romance to a character, they mm-hmm. they they are just way like richer and and deeper That's as true. a person and in a character. Um, and and mm-hmm. every single one of the characters on Love Victor has that. Every single one yeah. of them has like a sexuality and like a, a, a want to to yeah, sort yeah. of live, um, and so so I think that was probably like the biggest the biggest uh, difference. Love it, love it. I mean, the Coogan Law, <laughs> that's what you touched on, was like one of the biggest the biggest. I mean, but I, I totally agree that uh, they kind of take a, a realer and more authentic life when you add those layers on top of like sexuality mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. wants to be with other people mm-hmm. um, and not just like in a Disney Channel Nickelodeon way. I do mm-hmm. think they take like some some form of authenticity. I never thought of it that way, but when you said it, like it clicked in my brain. So I'm glad you did. You learn yeah. every day. <laughs> um, love it. Now, you're a theater kid, which um, is a recurring theme on our podcast. I mean, awesome. let's look at the shirt today. Yes! Um, yes. <laughs> Big theater kid fans. Now, you, you co-star alongside Noah Galvin um, yeah. on The Real O'Neills. Yeah. I... How did you put two theater kids in one show and not expect them to burst into song every three seconds? Like, was that the reality when you were filming well, that I'm show? Well, I'm not sure if you, if you watch, yeah, if you watch Love Victor, I mean, not Love Victor, what is it? The Real O'Neills. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you watch The Real O'Neills, you'll see that we do just like, I, I never got to do a musical number, but Noah is always bursting into song on so that true. show. Um, and... First of all, I love Noah. He's just like one of my favorite people. And and that entire cast of The Real O'Neills, we're mm-hmm. all still like very close and some of my best friends um nice. are are on that show. Um mm. and so yeah, I mean we were always singing, we were always like dancing. I remember we like we would just do time step number three, I think, just like all the time um, in between takes, just like, you know, hop step, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. just like tap dancing. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, Martha's Martha's a theater gal as well. Martha Plimpton. Oh. And so, so we're all I mean, she's she's like, you know, like theater like like what i aspire to be like amazing like, <laughs> I, I went to go see her no offense by the way to noah that's <laughs> um, yeah like he took I the mean, l he took the listen, l listen listen <laughs> i will i will read noah for phil for days like you know he, he won't even be mad about it um mm-hmm. but martha is like wow like i've seen her in some plays actually noah and i went to london together um Ooh. to see her in in sweat on the west end and oh my god, oh, wow. she is incredible. And I also got to see Noah in Dear Evan Hansen, and he was just amazing. I was like, I walked backstage, I walked into his mm-hmm. dressing room, I saw him, and I kid you mm-hmm. not, I started sobbing. I don't know why. It was just like a very beautiful, emotional experience. Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, we were always just like theatering it out on set absolutely that's what i love to hear i love that you mentioned um the when you went to see noah because uh my friend colleen she played don on in waitress and i kind of oh had God. that same yeah i kind of had that same euphoric like 
moment mm-hmm. where like I watched the play and obviously it's emotional and so is Dear Evan Hansen. But at the end, mm-hmm. it's kind of just like, I don't know what it is. I don't know how to describe it. But then, mm-hmm. you know, you walk out, the show's finished and you're just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. it. And I think you. It's it's like it's, you know, not only are you proud of your friend, but you're just like proud that all of these people got to experience the same thing that you experienced, which is all because of an amazing performance that your friend gave, you know? Yes. It's just like incredible. Also, Noah was in Waitress. So he was. He played Oki. Yeah. You know? I was I was there for Khalid and Todrick. I didn't get I never got okay. to see him on Broadway. Which I kick myself for it because Dear Evan Hansen is my favorite mm, musical. Mm. Like Ben and Noah, like I just I can't I stand. Mm, but mm. God bless you for getting to experience that because like <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean? it's it's I mean not it's 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 amazing, but also like to see your friend get so upset on stage is like <laughs> disturbing. It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. Yes, and now people are all going to – because like, I always talk about Dear Evan Hansen on the podcast, and some mm-hmm. people are like, I, I can't afford to go see a Broadway show. I don't mm-hmm. live in New York. And I'm like, the movie is coming, so you will understand yeah. how ups- – even from the trailer, you kind of understand how upsetting it's yeah. going to be. But nothing prepares mm-hmm. you for it. No. Which I think is the nice part, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> about I'm, I'm, seeing the show. I'm so excited to see like how like the musical numbers and like all of that stuff – Like I, I'm just – I'm so ready. I know in the cast, star-studded. I'm so excited. Everybody is just so talented, and I will be there opening night. Uh, yes. Fun, fun, fun. What are your favorite Broadway musicals? My favorite Broadway musicals are Grey Gardens, um, which is just, like, the best. I've loved that show since I was, like, six or seven years old. Um, I, I saw the documentary and I was like, what, who are these people? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I saw a local production in Kansas city and I was like obsessed. And then I just like listened to the cast recording and like, you know, you know, there's some videos that pop up online of, you know, the Broadway, you know, I don't, I don't even know how they get there, but you know, we don't condone it, but no, 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 (laughs) but you know, um, (laughs) So big fan, big fan of that show. And then my other favorite musical is In the Heights. I was seven years old, I think, when I when I first saw it because mm-hmm, I saw mm-hmm. it when it was like first on on Broadway, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I was a bit older, actually. I don't know. Time is weird. But um, I love that show. Uh, it was like the first time that I'd ever seen. Um, a Cuban flag, like outside of a setting that was my home, let alone a stage. So it right. was like pretty magical. It was very, very it, magical. So I have like a soft there. spot. Also, Corbin, Corbin Blue was Usnavi when I saw it. I never got to see it. See, now I'm like just like I'm living vicariously through you because I never got to see it on Broadway. I only heard the cast recording, never saw the bootleg because I'm a respectful girl. Um, but <laughs> the movie was of everything. The movie itself was everything and on repeat and i'm not sure if i'm like being obsessive over it but i think i've watched it already like four times the movie um yeah have you seen the movie yet oh yeah 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 i've seen the movie twice i think okay okay you're halfway there (laughs) i'm halfway there i love it i think my mom i think my mom has seen it about four times though as well so your mom and i I would get along absolutely i i love the movie that movie is like 
I'm just happy that it's there. Like I didn't realize mm-hmm. how much I needed it, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just so happy that it's like there, and also like ah, ah, I love, <laughs> I love Olga Melais is like so amazing as Abuela yes. Claudia. She I is saw. just and she listen, was like I don't know. Oscar buzz, whatever. I was like, listen, like, give her the damn Oscar because she deserves it. She also mm-hmm. played Abuela on Broadway. She was the original yes. Abuela. So mm-hmm. this is her time. She needs the Oscar. Give it to her. Hand it to her or we will grab it from their cold, okay. dead hands. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, paciencia y fe. I don't know how long paciencia y fe, like, the number lasted. But, you know, if it was, like, five minutes, that five minutes alone made the whole movie for me. And, you know, maybe I am a little biased because, you know, it's like, wow, look like a Cuban character, like, whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, But, I mean, mm -hmm. the emotional, I'm just so connected to that song. I love it. I can't even, I can't even talk about it, to be honest. I can't. I, all props to also, like, the director because that scene was so, it was very, it was not, it was not not very movie. It's not the way that they shot they shot a movie. They filmed that scene as if it was a, a show, a Broadway show. Yeah, it was theater. so theatrical, so it, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't feel like a movie. In that moment, I was like, I'm watching a play, and that I think is I'm so thankful for that because sometimes when they transfer musicals to mm-hmm. movie form, it, of course it's an amazing movie. The choreography is amazing and whatever. But sometimes like you lose that kind of authenticity to the mm-hmm. core material mm-hmm. so props to everybody yeah. in that movie like props i just everyone. Yeah, I yeah yeah like, for sure you know it's it's so interesting because again like i loved it and and there were some things that i had an issue with like whilst mm-hmm. watching the film there was also like some storylines that they took out entirely that were yes. in the like there was this whole conversation about shadism in mm-hmm. the Broadway production that just yes. they did not include in in the movie. And so I'm like, why did they do that? You know? And obviously like it's been getting some criticism because of those things. And I'm yeah. happy these conversations are, are happening. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it's I think I'm happy that we're able or or at least this is starting to happen, I think more commonly, we're able to like criticize the things that we love. And, like, talk yeah. about how we can make the things we love better. Right. Absolutely. I agree. I'm, I'm I had that that's happening. Oh, yeah. I had this conversation. This is what I love so much about this podcast. It, it gives me so much perspective on each actor that I have on has different, different perspectives on something. Mm-hmm. I had Taylor Carey, uh, an actor from Netflix's Julie and the Phantoms, and we talked mm-hmm. about this because he's Asian. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how there's a lot of criticism with, you know, diversity and shows and stuff like that. And he said we shouldn't be knocking stuff down. We should just be encouraging more of, you know? So he's just kind of like, and I applied that to in the Heights when you, when we have the topic of colorism, I'm like, it sucks that there wasn't more Afro Latinos in, in the movie, but Mm -hmm. I'm also like, but please do not take this criticism in fear of making more movies that highlight minorities. It's it's, let's lift this up and let's say, you know, next time, this yes. needs to be a priority. Yeah, let's make more of and yeah. let's add on to the beautifulness that you've already created because it could mm-hmm. have been even more 
um, colorful and fun and diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think whoever you are, even if I think you're white, you can somewhat relate to that show in, in some mm-hmm. form. But I think it, it does hold important value for the people, especially like one of my friends is from Brooklyn, New York. Like this is mm-hmm. their like where they come from. Such a beautiful show. I could talk about it all the time. Same, I need same. to know, though. I need to know from you. You're such a theater kid. Musical wise, have you ever wanted to do something that included like musicals, like High School Musical, the musical, the series is a big mm-hmm. one. If there was ever a hypothetical reboot of Glee or something similar or mm-hmm. whatever could come up, would that be something you'd be interested in and in kind of taking on um, that kind of role? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I love singing. I, I, you know, I've always, I've always sung and and made noise. And, you know, (laughs) how I sort of got started in acting was, you know, I I was taking a class in New York. There was an agent there, yada, yada, yada. There's all of this stuff. But, but Mm -hmm. I, I moved to New York after I signed with this agent. My parents were like very reluctant. Like they did not want me to like do this at all. But but mm-hmm. they loved New York, so they were like, "Ooh, kind of like an excuse to like move yeah, to Manhattan." Yeah. Um, so um, I was auditioning a lot for Broadway. So I was going right. on a lot of theater auditions, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, again, I love musicals. I feel like now I am like sort of, I, I am able to. I, I sing in a certain way that is, like, not necessarily, like, the most, you know, it can't, it's not, like, super translatable to musical theater always. Um, okay. Just because it's, like, a little, I don't know. I'm just not, like, a, like. You're alternative you know, a little bit more. Yeah. I'm not, like, a yeah, Sarah yeah. Bareilles. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've been able to, I think, like, train my voice and, like, learn how to do my own version of that as I age, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I'm happy about. So, yeah. so I would totally love to do to do musicals. I also just, like, really would love, like, in an alternate universe, and maybe mm-hmm. this universe exists someday, but I would mm-hmm. love to just, like, move to London and just do, like, plays. Honestly, like, I'm kind of like, here for it. Yeah, I I would I would love to pull a Martha Plimpton and just be like, I'm gonna go be on the West End now. Bye. Yeah. Um, and catch me in London. That's yeah, it. Catch me you in London. You just disappear. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would honestly love to see. I mean, you remind me so much of Julia on High School Musical, the musical, the series. Um, just your vibes are very similar. And she said something very similar where she said she's very music uh, musical theater trained and so when uh-huh. she did the show it was very pop very sarah barella's mm-hmm. very like you know you know the, the pop songs you know it's a different mm-hmm. way of singing and i just think it's so cool how like you can grow up with a certain type of singing and then grow into other styles and then try yeah. other things and sometimes you're just like totally oh. it's yeah know, it's fascinating because i i always grew up listening to pop music but mm-hmm. pop music from 1938 and pop music from 1942 you yeah. Know? And so Billie Holiday and Ella Fitzgerald, you know, mm. th- there is a type of singing that is it's not necessarily like, again, the Sarah Bareilles is like it is. There's something about it that is very soulful and jazzy. And, and it doesn't matter if you're just like a belter as yeah. long as you're singing with emotion. That's what matters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I think those are the songs that I was sort of like raised on, which means, you know, you know, it's fascinating because I guess this is a big debate, but like, I don't know if like, 
I wonder what people would sound like singing if they've never heard music before. You know, like, I think huh. people, I don't know if people, if I've never heard a singer sing and I were to just sing mm-hmm. and have a good voice, I right. don't know if, I don't know if that's possible. Like, I think that nobody really has their, like, own original voice mm-hmm. because they are being molded and shaped by all of the voices that they've heard, that they are connected to. Right, and right, right. So that makes sense. subsequently, subsequently, it is your own original voice. But mm-hmm. it's only there because you are being molded and shaped by the people that you listened to growing up, I think. That makes so much sense. I listened to Black Eyed Peas growing up, and I don't think that's how I sing, but I do <laughs> think that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that does make a lot of sense. Now, let's talk music, though. Let's talk music. Let's You're, do it. You released your song independently. Is, is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so you're like, Don't Call Me Flower. It, it's alternative. It almost has like a, I think I definitely noticed that influence. I have the word like vintage sound. And I think it comes from that influence Ooh. of you mentioning that you, you know, inspired by 1930s, 1940s pop, whatever that means to that era. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. How is it different storytelling through music and storytelling through acting? And how has that journey been of kind of like, you know, your own music video, you finance it yourself, you, you know, mm-hmm. the whole thing, it's kind of all you. How does, how is that? How is that for you? It's interesting. I I don't know if one is easier than the other because with acting, you're telling someone else's story. Mm-hmm. And so you have to like find your like find bits of yourself in this character that isn't you and make it seem like the character, not you, you know? Mm-hmm. But right. you know, to relate to anyone, you have to relate through your own personal experiences, you know? Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. so so that's a challenge. Um and you know, sometimes it's challenging because it's not your own words. Um and then when it comes to music, I would say it's easier, but mm-hmm. technically way more challenging because um Stephen Sondheim once said um, I write songs using a pencil because sharpening a pencil is more fun than writing a song. And he's oh. one of the best songwriters of all time, you know? And I think that holds really, like, that rings really true. You know, right. I would consider myself, you know, a songwriter, mm-hmm. a musician, a, a singer, and, and just mm-hmm. a writer in general. I, I, mm-hmm. I like writing, um, mm-hmm. and I write a lot. Um, Before the pandemic, I mean, I was, like, journaling, like, 20 pages a day. Um, Not so much during the pandemic, though. I don't know what's happened to, like, my my writing, (laughs) like, well. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think because if you were to write about anything, all of it would just be, like, exhausting to write about, you know? Um, Yeah. And I think there is a place for that. And, 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 and the next record that I'm working on, which is hilarious, like, why am I talking about this? But, um, is, I think... It, it's definitely, I think you can tell that it was like mostly written during a pandemic because, you know, I have six songs already to go. The EP, oh, wow. I think, is going to come out later on this summer. Um, oh, wow. Don't Call Me Flower is just the first of six. Um, but I'm already working on like the, the, the first record record, the album album. Um, oh, wow. Rather than an EP. And, and so... I think writing a song is hard because you just want to be honest. And sometimes being right. honest with yourself is really, really hard. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and being open enough and being like 
vulnerable. Being accepting of the fact that like you're gonna like say how you feel and everyone's gonna hear it. I mean, I think if people were to like sit down and read all of the lyrics on this EP, um, yeah, I think people would probably be able to get a huge sense of who I am as a person, and that's why I feel like right. a lot of people feel so connected to musicians, right? Because they're like, oh, right. whoa, like this is you know, I know this person to a degree. Or right, I know right. at least what they're showing. And I don't know mm-hmm. how to do anything else but be honest. So so I yeah. feel like, you know, people uh, will probably get a good sense of, like, who I am and what I care about. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I very much agree with Stephen Sondheim. Like, you know, because I write alone, I don't mm-hmm. – I'm not a fan of writing with other people as of okay. right now. You know, I'm right. a lone ranger. I'm, a, I'm a, again, an only child. I'm just used to that. So, <laughs> right. um, so because I, it, I just do it by myself, um, that's just challenging. <laughs> just, that's just challenging because you get no feedback. And I didn't show anyone these songs until I went into the studio and, and sung them. So right. I think there's like a whole like mental thing that is just a little bit more challenging in terms of songwriting because it's really easy to psych yourself out and be like, oh, this is bad, um, so true. even though it's like probably not, but you just, right, have, right. or at least I have like very high standards. So, um, in terms of We're my harshest own music, critics. so right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, they're, they're interesting in, in, in different ways. Love it. Do you have any like girl artists, female artists crushes out there that you're just like, Ooh, I love what you're doing. You know, yeah, absolutely. Out there. Do you have any? Absolutely. So there is this artist named Yola. She Yola. is incredible. She is so good. <laughs> um, she has an album called Walk Through Fire, I think. Okay. Okay. It's amazing. And I think she has a new record coming out within like the next couple of weeks or maybe it's already out. But she is awesome. She's like she's genre fluid she says that in her bio which i love because i would consider myself to be like a genre fluid artist okay. like the ep sort of ranges all six songs are sort of different mm-hmm. um i think you can tell that my influences are the same but every song is it's just that it's genre fluid just like you right, 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 so right, right. i love that i love her um love i would highly recommend everyone listen to her record and then there's an artist named dina el wadidi uh, she is okay. Egyptian. Um, oh. She she lives in Cairo, I think, and she sings in Arabic. And there is this record called "Turning Back" that is mm-hmm. just some of the most gorgeous vocal work I have like ever heard. And the oh, music wow. itself is like, imagine like, I don't know, like like. Uh, it's sort of just sultry and gorgeous, but also like hard AF, like okay, really, okay. really, really cool. Like, um, I don't know, maybe like an Arabic influenced Rage Against the Machine. Oh, I don't know what that would sound like, but now I'm intrigued to know what exactly that would you, sound like. You should yeah. be intrigued. I'll it's ch- so I'll good. Ch- I'll check it out. Albert, you know what? I'm a big advocate for sharing music is caring is a form of love for me, like a love language is sharing music. Mm-hmm. And when I listen to your song, there's I'm French Canadian. So this uh, English is my second language. But there's this one artist um, that I think you would love. Her name is Charlotte. She's French okay. as well. And okay. she released a record. I'm going to play you a little bit of the song because I found a similarity. 
And I was just uh-huh. like, wait, this is, I think she would, you would vibe with this. Okay, so this is Charlotte's song called Main Girl from her first Ooh. EP back in 2017. I thought it would be like your vibe a little bit. Absolutely uh, my vibe. Right? <laughs> I was like following like, that percussion. I don't know if you saw the whole journey that was happening on this side <laughs> of the but that, yes. that that like little like pulsating beat, like the how at the beginning it's just like a boom boom. Mm-hmm. and then like mm-hmm. the whole percussion mm-hmm. section like really grows i like that a lot yeah, yeah. that's very cool nice i'm glad you love it because i swear i listened to the song and i was like what? put it in the same playlist like it's the same i feel the <laughs> same vibes i feel the same yes. energy um the, your the tone was like i was like oh i love it um oh my god but i'm glad you love it because imagine if you would have listened to it and, and you're just like i hate cute. it it's terrible <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's terrible I mean, not my taste, but go off. <laughs> <laughs> I will now, definitely since... be like remembering that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, keep that in mind. When you share your coffee place, I'll share you her Spotify uh, profile okay. so you can Perfect. check it out. Right? Perfect. Now, before we close off everything, um, I want to know, George got to lend his voice to the soundtrack in season mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. I think he did maybe in season one. Did he in season one? I don't, I don't think, think he, he did. did in season one. But he got to do it in season I, two. Now. I dropped the news on Twitter. Actually, I think I was the one who accidentally like gooped and gagged the entire fandom because um, they were like, "George sounds so good," and "Call me baby," and I was like, "Oh, that's not him." Oh no! Was it not? Not not for "Call me baby." No. But in the the the, the song in the second season but is season very good. Season two is George. It's yeah, George. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was very good. Now he got to sing. Michael released his first independent song as well. Now you did as well. Would mm. you be willing to lend your voice to the soundtrack and like potential? Like I said, season three. Yeah, like listen, like absolutely. I mean, absolutely. That's the mm-hmm. thing. I don't know what just happened to my music brand, but I just started <laughs> thinking about business. I was like lending i mean maybe not lending right like yeah, publishing yeah. is like you know there's some yeah, money yeah. in it so like yeah, yeah. don't know about <laughs> lending but if they want me to like write a song or like if they want to use one of my sure like ask and they shall receive. we will talk <laughs> yeah we will talk <laughs> we will talk yeah, yeah yeah i would love to see it i just think the soundtrack is always very good uh, even the season one soundtrack was very 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 good mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so i'd be super excited now i had a game plan but we don't have time because we've just been kicking all through Kiki! this hour we have it's f- so easy it, right it felt like just 10 minutes and then like an hour passed and then it's like okay we went over time <laughs> um my last question to you before we wrap everything mm-hmm. up you're pretty outspoken on social media, which I think is something that's like even more needed now. And I think it's something that we will keep seeing more and more people become outspoken about what they're passionate about. Do you think mm-hmm. it's easy to be a person in entertainment that is such an activist for what they believe in? Do you think it's an easy role to take um, in, in the space that we live in 2021? Um, that's an interesting question. I don't know. I don't know if it's easy. I don't mm-hmm. know if it isn't easy. 
I think it's right. probably like a very personal thing for everyone. I mean, it's easy for me because I can't shut my mouth um, in, in, <laughs> in, in any circumstance, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that absolutely translates to social media. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, people might get mad at me, but I really don't care. So, like, you know, if it's what I think is right, like, it's going to be said. And I think regardless of any kind of platform that I have, um, mm-hmm. I would be doing it, right? So even if I wasn't an actor, I think I would probably be saying the exact same thing. Um, right. And I think that's only because of my parents and the way that I was raised. I was, like, always mm. going to protests as a kid. Like, they were always mm-hmm. taking me to different events and whatever and, like, you know, asking me or urging me to 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 get involved in some way. Um, right. And I think that's it, – it's also, like – here's the thing. Our, like, our generation mm-hmm. struggles sometimes with, like, you know, interacting with other people, which I totally understand. So, like, mm-hmm. politics, and that's, like, a trigger word. So, you know, I, you know whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, because politics really are – it's human rights. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Social justice. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, but, like, politics is, like, a great way to, like, go out and meet people and get to know people mm-hmm. because, you know, mm-hmm. when you're, like, canvassing or you're volunteering, like, I met so many cool people just from, um, you know, volunteering for Elizabeth Warren's presidential campaign. I met right, so many right. cool people who are interested mm-hmm. in the same things, not only interested in the same things, but are, like, morally in line with what you believe. Um, right, right, right. And so, so I think that, yeah, I mean, like, to answer your question, I don't know if it's if it's hard or easy for people that are in entertainment, but for me, you know, it just is what it is. Like I, yeah, can't shut it my feels mouth natural to way. you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what would be your piece of advice for actors out there who want to be more? Because I've met so many actors who like this stuff happens on the internet, and like we text each other, and I'm like, "Have you seen this?" I'm no, like, so upsetting. And then like you see a story, and you're like, "Okay, crickets." Like you're not, but you're not talking about it. You're, like you're not opening conversation. So, what would mm-hmm. be your advice to? Those out there who do have strong political, if that triggers you, social justice, human rights, you know, opinions, um, what would be your advice on kind of getting them to be just like, hey, just try it out, be outspoken? Well, I mean, here's the thing. I, I think a lot of probably people who are in entertainment are afraid mm-hmm. that they're going to like lessen their opportunities by right. saying something. Um, and if that is the reasoning, don't care. Like, why would you want to work with people who like have shitty opinions anyway? You know, like if, if what you're saying, which, which is something that feels morally right, right. That is going to upset someone that you could potentially work with in the future. Why would you want to work with them? Like, why would you want to work with that person? You know what I mean? Um, I think that's like a big thing. If that's not the reasoning, if it is just sort of like being, uh, you know, sort of like socially uh, uh, unsure, like where you stand with your friends and like mm-hmm. feeling a little anxious about putting your opinion out there, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe not for the same reasons as like entertainment, but just for like, you know, backlash um, from Upbringing. your friends or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. um, sort of the same thing applies. Like, why would you want to spend time with people who, you know, like won't align with believe. you exactly, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah because 
it's not even about like policies these days. We've gone way too far, far beyond that in America. It's not about policy, you know? It's mm. literally about right and wrong, unfortunately, in right, America. Right, right. That's like the point that we've gotten to. It's mm-hmm. no longer about policy. And when I have conversations with, with people um, who are not even conservative, who are just like right-wing Republicans, mm-hmm. it's like, why do you have to like judge me for my belief? You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's just a, a party. And right. it's like, you know, unfortunately, I wish that was the case. It's just not mm-hmm. anymore. Like yeah, politics yeah. change, especially American politics. And our politics have changed greatly within the last 15, 20 years. You know, yeah. it's just that's just not the case anymore. It's no longer about policy or party. It's literally between right or wrong. Yeah, I think we've reached definitely a point where it's, like, all about, like, deal breakers. Like, I'm sorry, you can believe whatever you want, but that is a deal breaker in terms of morals. So I I totally get that. I mean, on those words, we will wrap up today's episode. I feel like we gave people everything under the rainbow. We gave them... little, like, tasting uh, selection. Yes. Yeah, we gave you a whole charcuterie board. Like, we gave you the whole nine. Yes. So before we go... hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres of conversation. (laughs) devil eggs baby we gave you everything um before we let you go where can people check you out what are you up to what's going on walk us through it i have an instagram i am broadway bb on instagram i have a twitter mm-hmm. which i think is just my name bb wood um i have my youtube channel which i literally don't have anything on except my music video um mm-hmm. but that's just my name and uh, <laughs> hopefully there will be more things to come on that channel. So so head over there if you want to, like, see some music, music-y stuff. And then mm-hmm. um, my music is on every streaming platform. So, you know, pick your poison. Love, love, love. And make sure to check out Love, Victor. It's now streaming on Hulu. If you live anywhere else, it's on Disney+. Plus, and I think there's a new episode coming out weekly. So you get to anticipate what's going to happen uh, for the later episodes. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I always thank make it a goal. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I always make it a goal for people to listen and also for us to mm-hmm. feel like we made a friend throughout an episode. And I think that's definitely the case today. Um, I had such a great time. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Anthony Smith. And I am B.B. Wood. And this has been Sunset Drive.